dwelling in the darkest depths of the mind. It's time for Mark D. Valenti and Brain Burrow. <laughs> Best 75 out of anyone. Is he playing hard, Scott? By himself? He looks miserable, dude. Yes! Dude, he's cheating. Yes! Let's go, dude. Good luck, dads. Be sweet. Hey, Death. Well, if it isn't a wild stallion. Have you come to sue me again? No, Death. Not at all. We just need to talk to you, Death. Talk to the head. Hello, everyone. This is Mark D. Valenti, and this is another episode of Brain Burrow. This is one of our Digging Deep sessions, where we have a chance to talk with our guest. Our guest has a chance to share about his values, his motivation. What does he want for himself? What does he want out of his life? And then you as a listener and viewer have a chance to say, how does this apply to me? So I'm extremely pleased to have on the show today, Mr. William Sadler, and I will ask him the big open-ended question, who exactly is William Sadler? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'm a lot of things. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a husband for 42 years. Um, I'm a, I'm a never ending student. I'm curious about everything. Um, and I, I generally, I generally, if I meet someone, I generally keep my mouth shut for a while because there's always something to learn, um, from almost everybody. And I'm an actor, which has become my, that's my stock and trade. And I guess my identity um, in, in part because of that curiosity. Hmm. I got into acting when I was 17, 18 years old in high school. And my, my family had gone through or was going through a divorce at the time, my parents. And uh, it was a, I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't say it's a completely d dysfunctional family. There was a lot of love but there was no communication. Um, and, as, and I was confused and I was, you know, I had a bajillion questions and I was cast in one of the three, as one of the three characters in a Pulitzer Prize winning drama about a dysfunctional family. Um, a young man comes back from the army and confronts his father, who's an abusive drunk and so on. And um, it not, not only was it, well, that was a, that was a pretty dramatic one. Um, but I found myself surrounded by grownups who were peeling this onion. Why do you, why would someone say something like that? You know, that's, that's sort of the actor's process. It's like, put yourself in their shoes. Now, <laughs> how would you have to feel to say something like that? What, and so you, there was a tremendous learning curve, um, which is how I got into acting at all. Um, so that and the fact that I was, I was also trying to be a stand-up comic and wow. um, a performer of sorts, so. I was in a garage band. I was, I was going around Buffalo playing the banjo as Banjo Bill Sadler. 
Um, and then I came, <laughs> I came across a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, drama. And I, thought, and I thought, oh, he writes a lot better than I do. Um, so once again, I, it, it opened doors for me. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, for sharing that. Uh, it sounds like it was a pretty tough time as a 17-year-old with what was going on and uh, lots of questions. And I'm glad to hear that you saw that outlet in acting. And it sounds like it was pretty impactful for you. Yeah, no, it came along. It couldn't have come along at a more opportune moment for yeah. a confused kid. I wasn't sure which where I was going. And all of a sudden, there was this whole library of information about how humans interact <laughs> right and i think that's a it sounds like it was a fantastic opportunity then and i'm wondering as you progressed in the acting world as you did more projects more productions how did that impact your communication because it sounds like it was sort of you didn't have it as a teenager so you right. must have evolved as a, as a person through that how did you evolve as a person with communication you mean through the theater, through, yeah, maybe, through perhaps through, through the acting process? Sure. I don't. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm. It. I am. Um, it's about communication. It's mm -hmm. about. I mean, that's what that's what theater is. And the first eleven years or so of my career, that's all I did was theater. Um, I did no movie, no TV, uh, at all. Um, but I, I guess I found that it, <laughs> after a, I'm not sure it made it easier to talk to my dad, hmm. um, who hadn't gone through this, you know, explored Shakespeare and Moliere and Chekhov and, you know, gobbling up things as fast as I could. Um, but it, but it helped me understand what was going on, I think. Um, you know, and, and I have to say they were both supportive. Sure. My, my dad was much more practical nuts and bolts. It's like you, when you graduate from college, you, you're going to have something that you can, right. <laughs> you'll have a teaching degree so that you can, right. in case right. this acting thing goes tits up. Um, <laughs> and my mom was much more like, uh, as soon as she saw that avenue that I was excited about that, you know, those playwrights. And she, she encouraged it. She would drive me to the Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake and we'd see a play or the Shakespeare Festival in Ontario. Um, anyway, I guess it, I'm sure it made me a better communicator. Sure. Well, and it sounds like the fact that your mother drove you around, she was supportive of you doing this. And your, your dad was too, but it oh, sounds yeah. like your mother was very active almost in the way that she could be. Right, right. Well, after the divorce, she could, and then <laughs> she could carve, she was carving her own path. And part of her path was to see that, you know, if Billy needed to go to Washington for an audition, he was going to get to Washington for the audition. Wow. And, you know, to hell with what it cost, um, you know. Wow. So she, yeah, she really was supportive. Well, yeah, thank, again, thank you for sharing that, especially uh, it sounds like a lot was going on at that time. I love what you said about the being a never, never ending student, right? You're, you're constantly learning. So where does that come from? I don't know. I don't know. I've, 
things things fascinate me science and um I used to get straight A's in, in earth science for some reason. I had a teacher named Mr. Yunkie and subjects that I wasn't interested in, you couldn't, you know, I couldn't stay awake. They just held, they, they didn't hold my interest and I, you know, <laughs> I slipped backwards. But, but things that I was interested in, like music, like, mm-hmm. like, the, like the arts, eventually and then all of the arts because they're all so interconnected and then through doing Shakespeare plays um, literature and language and it's like I don't know I'm I've forgotten your initial question but um, well it was more about your motivation when a lifelong learner yeah I guess I've I get a kick out of learning new things and, and I find new things all the time. I'm just, I just started taking piano lessons. Oh, wow. I signed up. I signed up for a, I'm 71. I just signed up to learn how to play the piano. Um, Cause my hands playing the guitar is becoming harder and harder with my hands getting older and older, but I write songs. Um, I'm putting together an album of my songs um wow so you're i mean you're prolific in all sorts of different areas truly are i guess i was doing painting for years drawing and sketching and painting i took up draw i took up drawing right just because it was fun and the more i learned about as as i tackled the problems of how do you (laughs) how do you get a a, a, the human face on paper Mm -hmm. um I realized that it, uh, all of a sudden I couldn't, I couldn't walk past a painting or go to a city without stopping and visiting the museums. Um, I became fascinated by the people who already knew how to do it well, you know. Uh, and it, it's not that I ever became a great artist, a great painter or anything, but my trying to learn it right oh ex- uh, exposed me to the van goghs and the degas and the you know right um, my understanding of them became better and clearer and sharper those worlds sort of opened up to me so it's i guess that i guess i've always been hmm. yeah i, I mean, want to do it i want to do it that's what <laughs> i i always think i should like I go to antique shows and I think I could make that thing. I said, I want to do woodwork. I want to do, you know. Right. I don't know how you have any time to sleep, honestly, with the amount of different things that you're doing. I sleep. I, I sleep. Thank you. But thank well, you for worrying about me. Of course. Right. That, you know, I'm not, <laughs> but obviously you're doing what you want to do. So I'm not, I'm not worried, I guess at all then, because you're doing what you want to do. And I think what you're, you're also describing, and I love how you said this, you're not trying to be, an expert. You're not trying to do the best of painting that's ever been out there. And a lot of people struggle from perfection paralysis. They don't want to do something because they feel like they're going to fail or they're not going to be the best. So you've been able to overcome that perfection paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> to some, yeah, to some degree. I mean, eventually you have to, even with acting, at some point you have to say, that's the scene. Mm. I don't think I, 
I don't think I can make this any better. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I can do a more honest version of this character in that moment, in that time. You know, um, it's usually you know take take four or take five or something, <laughs> but it's a um, yeah. But 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 eventually you have to say, yeah, that's it. The painting's done. That's right. The song, the song, that song is finished now. That's right. And well, and share it. I love sharing these things. I love uh, with the songs. I send them to my friends, and I I'm working with a sound engineer now. That I just watched the Beatles uh, thing on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, um, which I I was a huge huge Beatles fan, and uh, I I found it hard to watch. There was the bickering, oh. and then I went. Spoiler alert, George leaves the band. Uh, what? what? What do you mean? I hope I didn't just wreck it for everybody. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, quite a, it's quite a moment. It's, uh, well, that, it's a great call out, right? And, but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper there, what you just said. So why did the bickering on the show, why did it seem to bother you as you, as you watched and uh, re- kind of reflected on it? They were they were stepping on each other. Mm-hmm. They were um, they weren't they weren't, it, it felt like it felt like Paul wasn't respecting what George was bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, George wasn't. And George was saying, "Well, Eric's a better guitar player than me. I'm not. I'm not that good. I'm not." His insecurity about his mm-hmm. own playing and his own songwriting, and he always had to shoehorn. Uh, you know, one song on an album of, you know, 12 songs. And McCartney's was just such a tornado of, uh, you know, by that time he was sort of lording it over everybody, even John as well. Just, you know, this is how it should go. And, you know, someone had to emerge, I guess, as the boss. Right. And I don't know, but, but, the, the bickering and the chaos and they would start a song and not, not finish it. Part of what was fun, part of what was really fun to watch was mm-hmm. the, uh, when they, when they did get a hold of a song um, and play it through and they didn't have a second verse yet. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was this incomplete thing. He has the song, get back, get back, get back to where you want. You know, Jojo mm-hmm. left his home in Tucson, Arizona, that one. And originally it was, the lyrics were completely different. They were about Puerto Ricans in New York and, mm. and the invasion of, of uh, immigrants, which was all in the news at the time. Um, but it, I, I found, I just found that fascinating that, that he had found this strong melody, but almost none of the words yet, you know? Mm. It's like he had the hook, but none of the verses um anyways i'm i'm babbling i no no you know, first of all the I, show I just, last, i'm still trying to get my head around what, what i watched last night it was well it, it was it hard to watch in some ways i was going to say it seemed to have an impact on you and second of all you're not babbling the whole purpose of the show is for you to talk so that's what you're doing so it's, it's oh well, okay well good so it's, so it's great <laughs> right so but yeah i think when i the reason i asked that question is oftentimes yeah. when we 
watch a movie or watch a documentary or television and we see things that upset us or see things that we are positive about, like you're talking about the creative process, it's because mm. that's part of something we can reflect on in our own life. So we see something, it reminds us of situations we've experienced, positive and negative. So I was just trying to dig a little bit deep as to why those parts impact yeah. you. And I've, I've loved and admired them for so long, for so many years, that to suddenly get to look under the covers and see the, the infighting and Yoko sitting there, you know, ever-present Yoko and, and wow. George getting more and more and more isolated and upset. And, you know, and then he stands up and says, I'm leaving the band. Wow. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's like, fuck, you just watched a, you just watched one of the greatest musical enterprises in the world come to an end right before wow. your very eyes. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, definitely a momentous uh, occasion for sure. Absolutely. And so, none no, of them knew how to deal with it either, by the way. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> they, were like, they were, they just, you know, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a breakup, right? I mean, it's a life-changing event for all of them. And, and maybe they didn't have a support system that they could go to either. Right. Just like you had experienced your situation. Who knew? Who could, yeah. Well, who would they turn to? Exactly. Brian Epstein was gone. Right. You know, George Martin was gone. It was like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's, it's relevant to our conversations because oftentimes people struggle and they don't have somebody to talk to. And the question is, what do you do with that? You found an outlet that was a creative outlet that's been amazingly fruitful and also positive for you. How does, any, how does anybody out there you know, deal with those situations? And, and maybe that's a question I have for you because uh, part of the show is really about our guests sort of talking about themselves and what they experience and maybe advice for others. And I wanna go back to the perfection paralysis thing. I'm wondering what advice might you have for any of our listeners and viewers who are struggling with starting a project, making a, changing their jobs, making a step. If they feel stuck, I'm wondering what advice you may give them if they feel stuck. I think, the, the, I think that's one of the, I, it, it, it stops a lot of people. I've seen it stop a lot. Sure. Of they, won't e they won't even start the project because they're, af they're afraid they won't, it, it won't be good enough. It won't, you know, it won't be perfect at the end. Um, my my experience is that that you started and it won't be perfect. <laughs> it won't be perfect it's not nothing nothing on this planet there's a great there's a great line in a lion in winter peter o'toole takes his princess's hair he pulls a little strand of hair loose and he says nothing in this world has any business being perfect hmm it won't be perfect. You start learn to play the guitar. You're gonna you're gonna sound funky for a, for a while, but your appreciation of the world of guitar players will uh, ex grow exponentially, and eventually you do start to sound pretty good. You know you will. Yeah. You have um, judging yourself. Stop. Don't stop yourself. <laughs> right. This life, this life is hard enough without, you know, you throwing up roadblocks 
for yourself before you even, you know, I don't care what you're trying to learn to do, cook yeah. a Thanksgiving turkey or, you know. Yeah, I think that's fantastic none, advice. None <laughs> of us, none of us are perfect. Right. Sorry. Well, and, no, what do you We're say? pretty good. Yeah. Yes. And I think in you embody the spirit of every day closer to better, not every day closer to perfection. Your your every day is better than the next because you make mistakes, you fall down. But guess what? That's the learning that, that comes with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I I think that's absolutely the case. Right. And, um, I mean, I've, I've often thought about acting that way that um, I've been doing it. I studied it for six years. I mean, I really took it seriously. And I used to beat myself up. Um, I used to fret. <laughs> I used to fret about it because it wasn't good enough and it wasn't this and that. And uh, it really wasn't until I began to forgive myself and, you know, let myself uh, look like an idiot that that's sort of where the gold is. That's um, th those chances that you take, that's where, <laughs> that's where the golden, that's where the genius is. That's where the people that, the people that allow themselves to think outside the box um, and really go there are the ones that we look at, you know, we all admire, you know, they're, they're the Picassos that suddenly start painting in a different way. And we all go, Holy crap, where did that come from? You know? Right. They really? make us look at the world in a different way. That's right. No. I think that way about characters, actually. Okay. So talk about that. I've been, uh... <laughs> I love clowns. I like, I play in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I play the Grim Reaper. And Hollywood is great at. I'd been the villain in everything up to then, right? I'm hard to kill, die hard too. I killed 300 people. And, and finally I was death himself, <laughs> which might seem like it's about as far down that road as you can go. Right. But what was fantastic about, what, about it was that I, I created this character with a Czechoslovakian accent and he was, um, but he's bigger than life. He's, he's this enormous character. Um, and he, start, he starts out being this terrifying figure of death for Bill and Ted who've been murdered. And almost immediately in the, the game sequence that they play, which is a rip on Bergman's Seventh Seal, uh, they're, <laughs> when he loses at Clue and he loses at Battleship and you're very sack, my belt, he, he begins to crumble and he becomes petulant and he becomes best two out of three, best five out of seven. He finally, he reluctantly, I mean, he just gets demolished in front of your eyes into this spoiled little petulant guy, goes on the journey with them. And by the end of it, he, he wants to be liked, but it was like, he wants to be part of the band. He wants to be one of the guys. Um, <laughs> um, and I just found it, you know, um, 
was as soon as I took on that character, um, I was coming up with lines that he would say. I was coming up with bits and things. This guy took on a life of his own that um, that doesn't usually. <laughs> most of the time, we feel like uh, session players in a in a you know in a studio. They say you need a. I know what you need. Ba -ba 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 -ba. But in those cases, the guy, I forget his name, the guy who played Kramer in the Seinfeld show. Uh, yeah, Michael Richards. Did the same thing. Hmm. His character is huge. He's gigantic. And he's just delicious. I mean, his life, his life outside of right, that right. and so on, I understand. But what he created in that, in that little box yeah. uh, was magnificent. I don't know what it is about uh, larger than life clowns like that. Because it takes courage to get that big and then fill it up. You know? Yes. Well, and this is directly relevant to what you've been talking about all along in your life, right? You took risks. It's about taking risks, knowing you're going to fail and just continuously evolving. And, you know, you mentioned the Kramer character, but yes, your character in that film, I mean, it was that way, right? I remember being a kid was seeing that movie and it was just like, that's like, this is so unique and different. And so it's going to be on my gravestone, I think. <laughs> well, right. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> what's what specifically is going to be on that he played it'll, it'll say you might be a king or a little street sweeper but sooner or later you dance with the reaper oh I, yes but it was a line that i wrote i mean i just came up with it that's it incredible once the once those creative juices are flying it's like get out of the way man just, that's right well and it goes back to again you have to have the courage to experiment and fail and try things you know that doesn't just happen it's because of all the things that led up to that point maybe the the voices yeah. you tried or different lines you wrote that didn't work out but the end result was you taking a risk and doing an amazing job at it yeah i get and it, yeah and it was pretty far down the i was 40 i think when i did that wow something like that 30 years ago yeah how old am i yeah, at seventy one, I, I never. Told you, I wasn't good at math. <laughs> well, maybe that's your next uh, next thing to work on is something. Oh, no. something oh please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't. I couldn't be good at math. Well, you know, you never know. We never know. As, as a never ending student, you never know what's on your horizon. Uh, and I think, and, and we're fortunately about at a time. So I think you know you've done an amazing. Um, really digging deep and get, sharing a lot about your life and just your experiences. And it's been incredible to be able to talk with you today. So I want to, want to thank you for being on the show. Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, it was my pleasure. I'm glad it worked out. So of course, I also want to thank the listeners and viewers for tuning in today. And on behalf of William Sadler, this is Mark D. Valenti for Brainborough. Have an amazing rest of your day. Take care. You just dug deep with Mark D. Do you want more? Follow Mark on Instagram at Valenti Horror and subscribe to the Brain Burrow Podcast.